Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Philosopher Stone podcast. It's me, Jordan. And it's and Sam Wise Gamgee, a.k.a. Sam Laboon, a.k.a. Laguna Beach, a.k.a. The Beach, a.k.a. The Tide is in, a.k.a. The Tide is out. Drop. Any other aliases that you go by? Uh, Dropping no eaves. Dropping no eaves? Yeah, Sam, Sam Wise Gamgee. We ain't been... We ain't been oh, dropping no eaves, oh, sir. Oh. Go home, Sam. That's my favorite line of the whole movie. Yeah. Go home. Also, get off the road. I almost got up and Those left. Those are the two phrases I. When he said get when off the road. Oh, home, when he said go oh, home, right, Sam. Right. <laughs> and you're like, wow, Peter Jackson is speaking to me through Frodo. Yeah. Um, we are here post U.S. election which is, I guess, technically still ongoing, but many people believe Joe Biden is the victor. And many people still believe Trump is the victor. So we are essentially uh, at net zero right now as far as conclusions to this election. On a, I would uh, say on a balance of probabilities, it's a 99% chance that Biden will win. If it goes to court. 99? 99? I would go 99. 99% chance? Okay, yeah. there goes what I've been... <laughs> I, see, the thing is, I try to consume the uh, fanatic right and the fanatic left oh, media right. so that I can somehow land in the middle. <laughs> and uh, It's a coin toss. Yeah, you know, I don't want to see another... Tr- I don't want to see four more years of Trump, but I also don't want to see eight years of Biden. You know what I mean? Oh, like, just he's not, I could he's go, not going to last eight years. <laughs> no, 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 no. Can we get an Asian in there? I really feel like an Asian is going to sort this shit out. Is that racist? No, no. <laughs> it's progressive. Is it racist of me to think that uh, educated Asian man is the only way out of this mess? Uh, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. There you go. Let's Yang do that. Yang. Why don't they do a, uh, you know, instead of a one guy, it's two guys that both get elected because they're going to hamstring each other? Is that why? Uh, I, I feel like the Senate will hamstring anything Biden wants to do anyway. Well, that so. sort of rulership has occurred. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. When we wrote our pirate screenplay, there was the deal where the there's the pirate captain who's in charge of the battle situations, but then there's the pirate quartermaster yeah. who's in charge of all the peace stuff and the quartermaster outranks the captain during peacetime ah see what many many of our listeners are unaware of is that sam and i actually wrote a movie (laughs) script that would have changed the landscape of cinema forever uh but i think he lost it uh uh, 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 he might have thrown it out by accident and thus the world is uh it was the goodfellas of pirate ever going to reach its (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's what many of our early critics have had said that read the script. It was the Goodfellas of uh, of pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and apparently we had a lot of cool, uh, innovative ideas like the uh, quartermaster and the pirate yeah, master. I haven't seen that so. in a pirate movie before. Yeah, well, we had a lot of shit that we hadn't <laughs> seen in a pirate movie before. We had, we had fucking old oh. Petey. <laughs> old Petey. Uh, what was the captain's name? Diego, Diego right? I think so. Yeah. Deontay? Dante, 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 no, it was Dante, yeah. Dante, Dante, the yeah. pirate. Okay, Sam, Sam has, uh, I don't know if it's a request, but we are going to try and get 
into the philosophy portion of this podcast faster because people apparently only want that part. Mob rule is like the mob has spoken. The mob of two to three people listen to this show. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We're 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 a malleable company, aren't we? We're here. For, we're we're open to change. We're open to try new oh, yeah, stuff. We're flexible. We're we're responsive. Yeah. yeah, we're flexible. Yeah, responsive. We move. We react. We're a very reactionary podcast. Okay. <laughs> so if you tell us to do something, we will do it without thinking, and that might be the key to success. I believe. Uh. Yeah, I would I would think that obeying orders without question is definitely a great way to get things done. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so without further ado, also we can touch on this later, but I wanted to tell you, because you talked about it last podcast, that last night I took a pretty powerful edible and watched my octopus teeth. Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So do you want to talk about that now or do you want to talk about that later? Now that we have all this strict scheduling <sighs> that you've placed upon us. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> okay, let's let's table my octopus teacher. We could talk okay. about that. But we have to bring it back. We will bring end, it back. Because yeah. I have thoughts. I've I have thoughts, I have comments, I have concerns. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I haven't I haven't finished it, but I don't care about the spoilers. Um you haven't finished I it? I couldn't, How could you I couldn't turn that off? It was I riveting. I knew the octopus was going to die at the end of the movie, and I just couldn't watch that happen. Yeah, you know what I learned that I had no idea? Octopus only live like a year to five years if they're a big species. That is fucking blew my mind. Yeah. I thought they were like tortoise. Like I thought they were like 100 years if you don't touch them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought it took them like years and years to gain the intelligence level that they have but no apparently at like fucking four days old they're smarter than our four-year-olds you know what i mean yeah well yeah the, yeah yeah anyways true. get me off the okay. subject before i dive in too deep yeah. what are we talking about today right, Sam? so today we're gonna be looking at this question that i thought of and the question is to what extent is real life like a game Okay, and uh, can you elaborate on what you mean by that? Like, I need a little bit more of. Mm. Yeah, so like, what is uh, what do we mean by game? I guess so. You're talking like a video game. Okay, well, he, I'll hit you with this quote. Right, this is a long quote from a philosopher named Ludwig Wittgenstein. Ludwig Wittgenstein. <laughs> That's correct. I like yeah, that. He was an Austrian philosopher. I think I'll name my cat that. Big Wittgenstein. Damn, that's a good cat. <laughs> this is my this is my cat Ludwig Wittgenstein. <laughs> Ludwig, come here. <laughs> and he de he demands you use his entire yeah. title, or else he'll fucking scratch <laughs> your ankle. He'll take out your Achilles. It's very smart. Only response to the full name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the, this quote from uh, from Wittgenstein, Ludwig Wittgenstein. Consider Hit consider me. for example the proceedings that we call games. I mean board games, card games, ball games, Olympic games, and so on. What is common to them all? Don't say. And the video games. He would probably include video games in that. What? Okay. What's common to them all? Let me guess sure. first. <laughs> um, common to them all. Yeah. 
is how do I got to word this right? <laughs> the thing that's common to them all is that they the stakes are confined to that game mostly. You know what I mean? Like you win or lose, but outside of that, there's no uh, there's no consequences. It's that's why it's a game because it's understood by everybody playing that it's just a game. Mm, interesting. Boom! Fucking nailed it, man. I don't even know <laughs> why people listen to philosophers from the old times when you have people like me walking around, sitting around, doing nothing all day, unemployed. They could come to me and find all the answers. Okay. But what did Ludwig van Wittgenstein think? Um, Before we go on with, with his quote... um. Okay, well, yeah, let's let's go on with this quote, and then we'll come back to your 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 idea that what's common to games is that the stakes are within the game, and that people understand that games are just games. So let's we'll we'll get back. Yeah, to that. yeah, the correct yeah. answer. <laughs> get, yeah, the okay. correct answer. Yeah. All right, so here we go. So he says, uh, "What is common to them all?" First of all, he says, "Don't say there must be something in common, or they would not be called games." but look and see whether there is anything common to all of them. For if you look at them, you will not see something that is common to all. So right out, he's just rejecting you. He's rejecting your assertion just off the bat. He obviously hasn't, he hasn't heard my assertion. <laughs> He'd never heard it. No one came up with it back then because there's no way that you can deny what I said is wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. So he says, uh, if, for if you look at them, you will not see something that is common to all, but similarities, relationships, and a whole series of them at that. To, okay, so look, example, at board games with their multifarious relationships. Now pass to card games. Here you find many correspondences with the first group, but many common features drop out and others appear. When we pass next to ball games, much that is common is retained, but much is lost. Are they all amusing? Compare chess with knots and crosses. I don't know what knots and crosses is, but whatever. Or is knots and crosses is is uh, isn't that just like X's and O's? Oh yeah, okay, I guess yeah. Um, so are they all amusing? Compare chess with knots and crosses. Or is there always winning and losing, or competition between players? Think of solitaire. In ball games, there is winning and losing. But when a child throws his ball at the wall and catches it again, this feature has disappeared. Look at the parts played by skill and luck and at the difference between skill in chess and skill in tennis. Then now think of games like Ring Around the Rosies. Here's the element of amusement, but how many other characteristic features have disappeared? And we can go through the many, many other groups of games in the same way. You can see how similarities crop up and disappear. So he thought that at best you won't find anything common to every game, but you'll find family resemblances was his term. We won't be able to find one. Yeah. So, so what about, so, okay. So, so also like, hang on a second. His definition of a game, I think needs to be considered because is ring around the rosy, a game in your opinion, Uh, or is it a song and a dance? I would say it's sort of like a game. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no rule. There's no, um, there's no rule. Yeah, you have to you have to fall to down game. when they say ashes to ashes we all fall down. That's just a dance move then at that point. It's a song and a dance move. 
It's a, that's more of a dance than a game to me. That's just my opinion because everybody's going to do it at the same time. And if you don't, you're not losing the game. You're just not doing the dance right. Why can't but dance dance what, dance they, revolution is a game. That's because there's a score element involved now where you have to hit every move exactly. So Well, well, I mean unless okay, you're like, I'll, okay, I'll, if on. you do ring around the room. So, so okay, so you're saying that if there's a scoring component, that makes it a game. But if there's no scoring yeah. component, if then it's not a game. You're playing ringer. No, that's not okay. what I'm saying. I, I'm saying you cannot call Ring Around the Rosie a game unless you're saying if someone forgets to fall down, they lose. Well, then no, it's a no, game. But then you're reintroducing a win lose condition. So now, is it a game because there's. Do all games have to have win-lose conditions? And if there's no win-lose condition, it's no longer a game? Name me a game that doesn't have a win-lose condition. Um, Like from the quote, the kid throwing the ball against the wall and catching it. That's not a game. That's not a game. That's just... That's a a, uh, skill. That's a practice. That's practice. He's practicing. So if if the kid said I'm going to go play my favorite ball game where I throw the ball against the wall and catch it, you'd be like, "Hey, kid, you're not playing a game." Yeah. Wow. I'd say when's the actual game? Why are you just practicing? Okay, so what for you is the essential feature that an activity has to have to make it a game? To make it a game, it has to have a win and lose condition to it. I believe I think that's true. Like I can't like here's the thing. Would you say yo-yoing if you're just playing with a yo-yo? Are you playing? Or are you playing a game? It's not. That's what I think. The bouncing the ball off the wall is playing, but it's not a game. You're playing, but you're not. It's not. You're not engaging in a game of any kind, in my opinion. It, unless there's a win or loss, win or lose condition. I, that's. I mean, that we can argue about the definition of a game, but there's a difference between just playing and playing a game. You know what I mean? Like playing with a yo-yo is not a game. Unless you put like tricks into it and whoever has the best tricks, that's a game. That's competition, right? But like like passing a frisbee between you and another person is just playing, but I don't think it's a game unless you inter- introduce the winner-lose condition into it. That's just my opinion, and I believe my opinion is 100% correct. <laughs> okay, so for you, for something to be a game... It, you have to be able to win or lose it. And if you can't, if there's no one who wins. If there's no winners and there's no losers, then it's, it's not a game. I mean, you could have a tie game, but yeah, essentially. So another, like there has to be, there has to be a condition where, where someone wins or someone loses. Or a tie game. That's those. Are, yeah, I think so. I would be comfortable saying that. Yes, that's what my definition of it is. It's, Otherwise, what is not a, anything could be a game, well, right? Can you win? Uh, like, how do you win solitaire? You win solitaire by uh, well, you can't really lose it. What I, I don't like, you're gonna. It's always gonna. You can come to a point where you can't continue. Yeah, but is that is that losing loss. or is that just the way the card the deck was shuffled? Yeah, that's losing, or. It's uh, not your score isn't as high as it was before. So 
depending on how high your score is, maybe that was your highest score ever. Then you won, I guess, against yourself. Okay, yeah, so that's interesting. But like, there is a win screen for solitaire. When the when someone wins solitaire, it does that bouncy card thing until the whole screen's the bouncy card. That's like a classic. That just means you you won yeah, solitaire. Okay, yeah. Can you win if you're not playing against other players? Yes. There can be a win loss component without more people. Right. Okay, so I guess it's coming down to an opinion as to whether or not. Like when people say like, hey, let's play a game and someone says like, oh, let's play Ring Around the Roses. You'd be like, hey, shut up. That's not a game. Yeah, I would tell them to shut the <laughs> fuck up. I don't play just for playing, okay? If we want to put a prize and a win and loss condition on Ring Around the Rosie, I'll suit up. I'll bring my ankle brace and I'll okay. play and I will win. So, okay, okay, so when people play Ring Around the Rosie, what is it that they are playing? Yeah. They're just playing a, a dance song. They're playing a dance. You can't play a dance. <laughs> they're playing a dance. Okay, they're not playing them. They're, they're just, just doing dancing? a dance that has one move. I would to say it. Ring Around the Rosie. They're playing. Is they're... Not like. I don't think of Ring Around the Rosie as like a, like a group of people getting together and dancing. Well, it's because it doesn't look like dancing, but it's certainly if everybody knows exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. What where's the what what about that makes it a game? There's no unknown elements to it. It's completely everything that's going to happen is known before you even start playing. So there's no surprises. There's no s- tactics. There's no strategy. It literally you just fall down when the when the words fall down come across, and that to me is nothing more than a dance move. Okay, so here's another. All right, so I, I still disagree with that. I don't. I think it's more like a game than it is like a dance. Um, dances and what, games have how? similarities. Why they have similarities? Like dances, you but have to what? follow rules. Games, you usually have to follow rules. Um, you don't have to follow rules when you're dancing, but if you want, if you're doing do a same, coordinated, if you want dance, everybody to you have to follow rules. Yeah, which is what it is. Yeah, it's tr- like. But I just I like tell me what okay, okay. if someone's like hey you want to play ring around the rosy be like sure what are the rules yeah well here's what you do you have to all have to hold hands you sing this song uh-huh. you go around in the circle and then when we say ashes yeah. to ashes everybody falls down and they laugh yeah and it's fun and that's and then you're done and what if i don't laugh do i lose nope it's not a game where you can win or lose it's just a game that's fun so it's a dance it's just a fun game it's not okay. First of all, have you played that as an adult? Because I have, and it's, it's fucking not game. fun at all. D- adults all right? need no... competition. Kids don't necessarily need competition to enjoy a game. That's why they're just playing. They're not playing a game. They're just playing. What about okay? Playing. Okay. Right, playing we're gonna leave. Game we're gonna leave. Different. Ring around the rosy because you clearly have some deep-seated okay. childhood trauma that occurred while you were playing. Ring around uh-uh. the you are refusing <laughs> to see the truth. Okay, this might be the end of our friendship, Sam. This ring around the ro- rosy bullshit calling it a game okay here's another thing that we could both agree is a game is the macarena a game to you as well because it's the same macarena is uh doing the macarena it you don't all fall down at the end of the macarena or like do like a big jump together so you could you could add that in at the end but you're still everyone's doing the same thing to a song more like a game if at the end of hey macarena if everybody like grab someone or like fall over or like everyone has to jump and I would think of it more like a game. Well, at the end of the Macarena, you had to tackle the nearest person near you, and the last person standing was the winner. Then we're talking game. Yeah. 
Oh, well, okay. Maybe, yeah, if, sure. If there's a winner at it, then it definitely becomes more game-like. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying you don't need to have be, the winner no, it, for it to be game game. Can you think of anything else that's a game that doesn't have a win-loss component that you could say is a game and not just playing, you know, like I could literally just toss a ball into the trash bin and that's more of a game than Ring Around the Rosie because if I miss, it's a loss. If I get it, it's a win. Hmm. Okay. So we'll table, we'll table like the win lose thing or sorry, we'll table the, like the ball, throwing a ball into a a can. Um, Okay. Just so you know, just so we're clear on the table right now, we have the ball thing and my octopus teacher, just so you know, those are the items on the table so far. So we got to make sure we take them off the table later. Oh yeah. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay. So here's, here's a game that like, in my mind, it's 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 a game. It's clearly a game, but it doesn't always have win lose conditions. It doesn't always okay. um, have the same rules. The rules are constantly changing. Um, and this is mm-hmm. are you talking about I'm Calvin talking Ball? About Calvin Ball. <laughs> <laughs> really? Were you actually going to go to Calvin Ball? <laughs> yeah, Calvin Ball. That's a game. It's not a, even the people in the comic book don't think it's a real game. What? Really? They're just running around. They're not playing a game. No, they are like they they have like they just make up new new like aspects to the game. Oh, like, true, also. but they do have win or lose conditions. They have they don't have win or lose conditions, but they do have a definitive winner at the end. Oh, they do? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I guess it's whenever Calvin sees his opportunity to declare himself the winner, <laughs> essentially. That's not a legitimate way to win. Well, it's not a legitimate game, is it? Uh, the whole point of it being funny is that there are no rules are the rules there are rules, but they're ethereal and they you can just twist them and turn them however you want. Okay. So I guess like our big point of contention is can something be a game without having a winner or a loser? That's that's that yeah, essentially that's the crux of the argument here. Is I don't think that it's a game if there are no win lose conditions all at right, all. I'm just gonna for the sake of it because I'm ignorant of many games. I'm just gonna Google it. Games without okay. winners or losers. Technically, a lot of the games I played as a kid, I was told there were no winners or losers. <laughs> you were told there were <laughs> like they probably didn't declare one, but there was one. Okay, here we go. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I spent most of my childhood just playing, not playing games, just playing, which there is no winner or loser. It's literally just having fun. That's that's not a game in my eyes. All right. So I'm on uh, I'm on gamesforyouthgroups.com. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so they have like... Is there a root beer oh, chugging God. competition on there? <laughs> you could eat the most marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Chubby bunny, it was crazy. Marsha put in like seven marshmallows. She's such a slut. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Marsha is a slut. She's the she's the youth group wow. slut. Everybody had one, right? Okay. Um, every youth group had mine. Did not. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um. Okay. So these are all. All right. So. All of these you do seem to have, like they say, these have no winners or losers. But uh, 
there's a difference between not declaring a winner or loser and not having a winner. It's loser. like like okay. here's here's Just an example of one. Um, uh, this is one I think where I think they're wrong, and I think there is a winner or loser. Um, okay. So this is it's called. Uh, um, skipping rope, right? So a rope is swung around in a circle, and the others must jump over the rope. Do you mm-hmm. think that's a game? Um, I think it's a game. I do, because there is a goal in mind. And if you fail at the goal, then it is a loss, essentially. Because you're trying to achieve something together, and you either achieve it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can sustain that achievement if you're doing it well. And then... As soon as it messes up, then the game's over. Essentially, yeah, you got to restart the swing, the the jump rope swinging again. So, yeah, that's a game, but it's, it still has uh, a, like a that's because a goal in mind a goal that is achieved or not achieved, essentially. Yeah. And in in that particular instance, it's like how long can you uh, sustain the achievement for? Like, how long can you successfully skip rope? And especially if you're adding people and there's like, you know, like the fucking whatever, where they have two going and like the half the neighborhood kids are jumping in and out. Sometimes a dog will get in there and jump up and down and that goes viral. And that that stuff is, is no one wants to watch a bunch of people fail a jump rope is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, these these depress me so much. What the, the youth group youth games? Group game. Let's read. What, what are the best ones uh, that you would that are just the most youthy? You know, like of course, like uh, what are some things I could think of that we played at youth group that were just here, it's uh, like here's a great one. Balancing a putting a spoon in your mouth and putting Smarties in it oh, or something yeah, and having so, to run across the room like shit like that. It's like so ridiculous. Okay, yeah. Also dangerous, man. Think about that. Fucking hit a wall. That spoon handle goes right through your back of your throat. Next thing you know, you're bleeding internally. Right. Yeah, it's dangerous. Chubby bunny. People have died playing that. Yeah. I'm sure there I'm <laughs> sure someone's been injured playing that. Someone suffered a bad throat injury. Yeah. Okay, so this is a good point to actually introduce um an idea that Wittgenstein thought was sort of like the key to philosophy. Like he really thought he had solved all of philosophy and our, our, dis- well, he hadn't encountered me. Well, no, no, no. Actually our disagreement here is sort of like exactly what he says. Philosophical problems are all about. We can agree on whether or not, um, games have games have to be something that you can win or something that you can lose. And the primary problem is that is we both seem to have a different, understanding of how we should use the term game like you think yeah it all a lot of times it comes down to whatever your definition of the thing is that's that's what i've been learning from this podcast and and he thought that basically what happens is that it's a problem of language right he thought there were no actual philosophical problems there's only problems of language and basically there's like where there's like several ways where we we just fail to use language. Um, and these problems, our problems are created a, because we aren't very good at using our language. Mm-hmm. 
Secondly, and secondly, our language is limited and it can't get to everything. Yeah. And so when we start trying to talk about really like, uh, like crazy philosophical problems, like what's a game, what's not a game, like all these questions, we, we hit up, we bump up against the edge of like our skill at using language and what our language can actually do. And we end up. You'd have to impasses. agree on a definition. Well, yeah, unless you both come to an agreement on a definition before you start the debate, right? If we had a written definition of what a game was, then we wouldn't come to an impasse because we would both have had to agree on a definition prior, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So if, as long as you agree on a definition before the debate starts, then there will be, you would be able to debate a lot more effectively, right? Yeah, that was like, yeah, that was like exactly, I think that was like pretty much his point is that if we all could not like really understand each other and we were all like perfect at using our language and our language could express everything, we would never really have philosophical problems. We'd be able to figure out everything pretty easily. But that. That's actually, you know what? I think that he's onto something there because <laughs> if there was no amb ambiguity about, you know, what things were and everybody agreed on the definition on everything. Mm -hmm. Then you wouldn't. Then it would uh, solve a lot of uh, disputes. Is the word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, disputes, disagreements, arguments. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's so many. So if you are gonna get the lesson here is if you're gonna get in an argument, you better have all the definitions written out on paper before you start screaming at your spouse, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to agree on the meanings of terms. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> says here, spiteful bitch. <laughs> <laughs> By I didn't mean. The, yeah, exactly. We should have defined. And as you cheating. can see, you have. <laughs> we didn't define it. <laughs> yeah, you did not define cheating. <laughs> Me jerking off on webcam for <laughs> Middle Eastern men cannot be cheating. It's gay for pay. It's gay. It's not cheating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's only cheating if it makes you angry. That's how you find <laughs> out, really. <laughs> ah, I like that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> That's true. Polyamory is not considered cheating, I don't think. Well, yeah. I, I don't know how successful polyamorous relationships really are in, if you're talking long-term commitments. I feel like you can't really... I feel like if you're in a polyamorous relationship with someone, you're probably not... I'm very committed to them. That would be my guess, but I have no, I have no idea. Yeah, I I don't think that you're going deep emotionally with uh with someone you're in a polyamorous relationship no, with. No, I don't think so. I mean, people will be like, "I'm just not a jealous person." Like they can they can go fool around. Like as long as they come back to me, like I'm just not I'm not I don't believe in ownership. You know what I mean? I don't believe in owning someone else's sexual. Uh, you know desires so whatever they want to fulfill those they should get because you know what i want to fuck other people too <laughs> that's essentially what it is yeah i, I agree <laughs> but if you're i think that i mean for most people anyways obviously there's going to be outliers but for most people they're not going to want to know a person that they're in like a romantic committed relationship with is like sleeping with other people no like that's gonna wear them down even if they have like agreed upon it yeah that's beforehand yeah it's not 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 a fun fun place to be 
And if it doesn't bother you, then I, I I would say that you're right that you probably weren't really that committed to them emotionally from the get go. So yeah, or or you are really are just an enlightened being. <laughs> I don't think that I, there's like an animalistic thing that I don't know why because like I don't think jealousy really serves to uh, serves evolution's cause. Whoa. Or does it? Like, Sorry. What do you mean? What? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the function of jealousy is evolutionarily oh speaking. Oh my God. There's like envy. Well, there's so much envy. Yes. Envy about uh, like what other people have. Mm. I get that. Jealousy is about protecting but, what you have from other people. I think. Yeah. You think it's just an instinct, but wouldn't, wouldn't it not serve Jealousy is like if you're so jealousy is like I like sexually right like so say like you're like a like a two animals right and you want to yeah. you want to make sure no other animal comes and breeds with your mate and the reason you feel that way is because of jealousy and so that okay so that what gives if you, you more what if you already have offspring I think uh, maybe yeah who know. knows. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but like, say you already had a bunch of kids with someone, would that mean that you're that like your genetics are telling you, you no longer have to be, uh, like your jealous reaction would be lessened for that person because your genetics are already like, well, you already made offspring with that one. So like, who cares now? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like go find someone else. Yeah, it could be. It could also just be like, there's the, the jealousy, like it, it's there, but then even when its purpose has been served, it's still there. And so then it causes problems. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. We are not perfect no. machines. <laughs> that's for sure. Living machines. <laughs> God really fucked up the first is direct. We're just a rough copy. He's going to do a, a, a uh, he's going to do a, a final An draft update. with a different species. <laughs> yeah. Octopi, I think. Okay. Before we, before we, before we get to the octopi. We yeah. Briefly go back to the original question, which is to what extent is real life like a game? Um, right. And so there was something you said that was interesting. Like you say, like, you, you know, oftentimes you say to someone like, hey, it's only a game. You say to them to get them relaxed, not to take things too seriously. But you would never say to someone like, hey, it's only real life. Like, Yeah, no, there's high stakes in real life, yeah. man. But for some people games are like extremely serious and telling them it's not a game is just going to have no effect whatsoever. Like they take it extremely seriously. That's because they've wrapped up their life into the game. So Ah. it's now bleeding into their, their sense of uh, self-worth, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. Um, Or if like the, the rewards for winning the game, right? Like, like I would consider, um, like I would consider say like boxing to be a game. So if you win the the heavyweight yeah. championship of, of boxing, you make, not only do you make like tens of millions of dollars, um, but there's also a risk yeah. that you will actually, you could actually die playing that game. People have died. See, that's that a high stakes game. High stakes that's game. high stakes. Your life is at stake. Because it, yeah. And your, your life outside the game will be drastically affected by the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. So that, in that way, it's definitely uh, not just a game. So if mm-hmm. we're talking on like a professional level, 
it's not just a game for professionals because that is their job. Now, I would say right? it's it's not it's part of the oh, entertainment. Yeah. I would say it's not just a game. It's part of the entertainment. I would say it's not just a game, but it's still a game. Yeah. It's still a game, but it's not just yeah. a game. Like I can understand getting emotionally involved in a game, especially if it has to do with your livelihood or your physical well-being, <laughs> like the outcomes of it. Yeah. But everybody's seen someone freak out and get emotional over a video oh game. And it's not a good look. It's not a good look. You look like you're a baby, essentially. That In that case, what you're doing is you're throwing a tantrum. Mm -hmm. It's not just just anger. It's just a tantrum. Yeah, it's frustration. Yeah. Yeah. But say you're playing, you're one of these, these uh, uh, professional gamers, and there's millions of dollars on the line of this tournament, like, and you make a, a bad play or one of your teammates fucks up and you lose that. I believe that's, I mean, that's obviously going to be some justified anger because now you've just left a bunch of money on the table for a stupid mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. if you're just with your friends and you're having a, uh, just a friendly game, just you and two of your buddies playing halo and one guy just sucks and he keeps getting ganked every two minutes and he throws your controller at the wall and shatters <laughs> like that's, that's not justified. Okay, that's a tantrum, and you're embarrassing yeah. yourself. Maybe if your homeland had been invaded, you could, you know, that reaction would be more appropriate. But <laughs> anyway. if you're, ho oh, like you're getting PTSD from the the story. Oh no, I, I meant like uh, the tantrum reaction is like it's not appropriate for a game because it's like it's just a game. But like if like your country's at war or something and you you freak out, like that's more. Oh uh, more yeah, I mean if you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is war a game? Okay. Um uh that's the ultimate, the ultimate game. game. The hunt, the ultimate <laughs> that's hunt. That's the highest because <laughs> the win and loss conditions are so extreme. Yeah. Oh, for the whole world even. Like game over for the yeah. species. Holy shit. Putting the yeah. planet at stake. Um okay, so these were these were a couple things I thought were like salient important differences between life and game. So the first one is consent. People who are playing games, mm -hmm. typically, people playing games have consented and chosen to play the particular game. Typically, yes. But if you talk to my good friend, the Jigsaw Killer, <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> his favorite type of game is where no one can consent. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, is that a game from the player's perspective? Like, is it a game? Ah, oh, man. I guess they would think of it as a game. Uh, I don't think that. Uh, I mean, Ooh, Jig the Jigsaw a game, explodes but the stick. a lot of. Uh, Jigsaw pretty much explodes my two things that I thought made it different from a game. Because the other <laughs> one was equality of opportunity, well, which is that normally when people start a game, they sort of start on an even playing field. Whereas in real life, yeah. maybe, like your spawn point can be really good or it could be really shitty. I mean, if we're talking a game is defined by a win or lose condition, then Saw is playing games. He's just not asking for consent. So, yeah, your consent thing. I mean, if you ask the person in the in his games if they think it's a game, they're probably going to say no. They're probably going to say it's a it's a, a torture mechanism. Mm. Yeah, like they're not going to be thinking of it as like a game as they play it. Like. Yeah, if someone gave you a basketball and was like, "You better make this three pointer, or else you're gonna have a, like a gun will instantly 
if that ball passes anywhere other than through the hoop, a gun will automatically blow your head off. Mm. Okay, is it a game if... Which is a great fucking... You should probably do the next... They should they should consult me on the next Saw movie. That's I got, I got ideas, man. Oh, about a gun? You run by a gun and it shoots your head off? No, no, no. If you say there's a basketball yeah. hoop and it's moving like in an yeah, arcade, yeah. right? And the ball has a special sensor yeah. on it and there's a gun pointed right at your head and you can't move yeah. outside of like this range. It's a shotgun. Right. And the ball... It, the hoop will sense whether the ball passes right. through it or or beside it. And if it passes beside it, boom, instant <laughs> head blown off. That is good. That, that fits with the whole like carnival nature of Jigsaw as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they needed to crank up that carnival part of them, make all this torture. Like the next one should be taking place in like an abandoned carnival. Mm. And then he's just made all the, the classic carnival games into essentially torture gore traps i think there is another saw movie coming out it's called spiral chris rocks chris <sighs> rock is rebooting saw what the fuck what yes holy what? shit that is there's what? trailers that is crazy there's trailers oh my god i gotta watch that later it's not it's not a, but they need to a, put that franchise they honestly they need to just put that franchise to rest i think but uh wow i mean is essentially what it is is torture porn those movies is it's just what is the craziest device you can think mm -hmm. of to torture people because let's just face it they've stopped trying to do any sort of character development on those movies since uh, after the first one essentially oh that's the, the first saw movie was a fucking it that was an excellent horror movie the the preceding or succeeding what is it the next fucking five of them are literally just whoever comes up with the craziest torture device they're going to put it in the movie but there's no you don't care when someone dies mm. the, the the newer ones are a lot more grotesque as far as like how people die mm. but the impact of their deaths is like nothing compared to the first one when the guy has to just chop his own leg off yeah which is like mild yeah. compared to what they're doing in the in the next movies but the, the impact and like the feeling of terror you get when that guy starts sawing off his leg in the first one that's unmatched that never it never gets to that level in any of the other ones because i think first of all the guys who did the first saw movie they didn't do any of the other ones they never thought they thought it was a self-contained film and then it, the it, success obviously birth the, the sequels uh, which they essentially just turned into torture porn um, i don't know okay hold on let me check um yeah i don't know i know the the director of the first saw movie was james wan who's like a real legit horror director yeah which is probably why he knew how to make it really impactful and then the <laughs> and not just a uh a, a squirmy little movie yeah and then the director for all of the first saw two through four was Darren Lynn Boosman. Never heard of him. And then, and you shouldn't, saw you shouldn't, five. you shouldn't have even known his name. You shouldn't have even I'm read not his say name. The name of the other, don't, yeah. Ooh. Okay. But, Oh my God, these movies are so profitable. It's insane. Like that's why they keep making saw them. six, the budget 11 million Obviously. USD, the box office 68.2 million USD. 
Woo-wee. It's like free money yeah. for them. You just need to get a couple of buckets of fake blood <laughs> and some old farm equipment, and you got yourself a fucking Saw movie. Yeah. Oh, the, the craziest profit margin of all time, as, as far as I know, even crazier than Blair Witch, is uh, the first Paranormal Activity movie. Yeah, that's what I heard. They had like a budget of like ten grand yeah, or something. Fifteen fifteen thousand USD. Their box office. Yeah. I think it's a domestic box office. One ninety three point four million. That's that's just that absurd. Is, that's absurd. Like That is bananas. <laughs> that what a great that was genius by oh, them. Yeah. They essentially took the found footage formula and uh I mean it probably cost like what you got to rent a house and some cameras and then you're good. Fifteen thousand dollars. It seems like the most expensive thing would be the equipment. Was it fifteen or fifty? One five. One five. That's insane. If that's true, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it's got to be just lying. equipment rentals, man. Like, is that even like? Does that include marketing? Um. Oh, that's a good question. I would say no. I would say that does not include the marketing budget. I would think okay. of the marketing well, budget was probably millions and millions of dollars. But even yeah, even I, with I the marketing, I would like normally they say the marketing budget is double the production budget. In this case, I think the marketing budget would be like a hundred times, if not more. Maybe like a thousand times more than the production budget. Well, whatever they did, it paid off in like such a crazy way that I mean, whatever people are probably trying to. Ever, I feel like ever since then I've been trying to do that with horror movies. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. The found footage formula is is genius because it is a really when it's done well is terrifying. Yeah, it can be way more terrifying than uh, something that has like multi camera shit going yeah. on. Oh yeah, and high budget because it's more gritty and real feeling, and it's cheap as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying, and you just make Sam. We got to make a horror movie. <laughs> Found footage. I have a feeling it's, we should. It, like, <laughs> I think it's a little harder than it than it looks. <laughs> no, Sam. If it's a camera that someone found, how hard can it be? <sighs> okay, can we talk about some things to do with? Are we wrapped yeah, up on this yeah, subject? We're, 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 we're Obviously, wrapped. I'm right. No, it can't be a game unless there's a win loss condition and that is a fact i would say we fundamentally disagree on that point but that is the but that is the beauty of of wittgenstein is explaining why these disagreements yeah. can't the be the beauty solved. of it is that both of us feel dissatisfied because none of us won the yeah. debate <laughs> so we both leave the argument feeling empty and hollow and honestly resentful of no, no 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 we leave with the knowledge that our disagreements are because of the failings of our language, not because of our failures, human beings. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll accept that. I'm not stoked about it. <laughs> I would have rather have you been like, hey, I just, this is me saying you won and you also beat Ludwig van Wittgenstein. Uh, Who's probably rolling in his grave right now watching me, an unemployed amateur comedian, just decimating his entire life's work with a mere flick of my frontal lobe. <laughs> yeah, it, it really all depends on whether or not you think it's acceptable to use the term game 
for an activity without a, a win loss condition. And that's like his whole philosophy yeah. is about um, okay. when. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. Anyway. Um, well, I would agree with him that, that it is a uh, language problem more than anything. And most of the time, it re- really people, I don't think people disagree uh, on things at their core as much as they think they do. Like, I don't think that. Let's just use a current example. I don't think someone on the far left and someone on the far right, if you sat them down and asked them like a hundred questions about, you know, certain moral things that they're going to, they're going to agree on like, you know, 70% of everything. Right. Yeah. They probably, they're probably both going to say murder is bad. Yeah. 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 On the major things they're going to agree on, there's going to be little intricate things that they are completely opposite on. But for the most part, people are probably aligning ethic with their ethics are probably going to line up like 70 percent at least. That's what I would think. Yeah, I would. I mean, it's tricky when you get like religion and stuff like that involved, because then people have like wildly different opinions, but about what's like good or not good. But yeah, usually like fundamentally the reasons people have for what they think is right or what they think is wrong. Like their reasons are usually like similar. Like there's, there's a great, great book about it called uh, the righteous mind by David hate. Mm-hmm. And it's just all about how David hate H A I D T H A I D T hate. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, he's, it's just all about how like different cultures have different core values and their morality sort of derives from, their core values like some people are really care about honor and so like calling mm-hmm. someone like questioning someone's honor could be like grounds for killing them um because they care that much about like their honor but then other cultures like don't really give a shit about honor and they they, they care about yeah stuff, that's so. true but if you're like talking about the main things like murder is bad most people will say that don't, yeah you should raise your child Fam- yeah family most people stuff. will say that yeah. you you should protect your kids. Most people say that. Most, if you can help other people, you should. Uh, stuff like that. But it's like, for the most part, people don't actively want chaos and destruction. No, no, they want, I mean? yeah, they want. They want like conditions that are going to like let their them and their family and their communities prosper. Like that's what yeah. they want. Ninety percent of people want humanity to thrive. Yes. Right. Yes. But not so those. Not really... those bastards in the country next to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I yeah. don't mean okay. the United well, States. You start I just, bringing I just that like, uh, people hate each other. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. But it's this. The thing is that uh, people generally hate each, like there's so much more anger over that uh, like 20 percent difference than than there is unity over that like 80 percent where they agree. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's like it's like uh, it's like two groups of people hate each other. But they're they're when when two people when two groups hate each other they're usually actually quite similar in a lot of ways, in what they value and yeah. the the reason like they hate each Christians other Christians and that. and Muslim people is like there's a lot of core tenets that they both agree they're very on, similar right like they both yeah. take their religion extremely seriously like they don't want you to make fun of it they uh, they believe it's right they want everyone to have salvation and all those things they think their religious leaders are like wonderful people. And they they follow them because they think they're so virtuous, and what makes them hate each other is yeah, that they, the other they, side like sort of questions the 
the validity of their beliefs, I think. And so they hate each other for yeah. exactly the same reason. They're like mirrors. Yeah, I know. It's it's really it is the it's a problem. It's a big problem, a problem. out there. It's the differences between them are way are take center stage way more than the what the things they agree on. So, I don't mm. know. Okay, and people just love conflict. <laughs> that they do. Oh my god. But let's uh let's tell me let's get off let's tell me i want to hear about my octopus teacher okay my octopus teacher i don't know if anyone else has seen it but you should watch it the spoiler alert spoilers ahead uh, there is a man who was going through a midlife crisis so to speak he was a uh, wildlife photographer documentary maker uh and he had some sort of mental breakdown Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he ends up going back to where he grew up and swimming in the ocean on the shores of where he was a child uh, to bring him uh, a sense of I don't know familiarity. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. He ends up meeting this fucking octopus in the region around where he lives. And he starts hanging out with this octopus every single day for like hundreds of days. Mm-hmm. And until they build up like what could only be described as a friendship, I guess that's how the, that's how it was edited together. Anyways, uh, this octopus, he gained his trust. He followed it through, uh, you know, it, he learned all the different ways it can disguise itself. And like it, the, the fucking thing with the, the shells as armor was nuts. Like the way you just, I didn't even, I didn't grasp how crazy it was when you first talked about it, but octopi are like, they're essentially sentient beings. Oh, I, is I what I gathered from this. Yeah, they are the closest thing to aliens being on Earth mm. and uh, actually communicating with us on some level. Anyways, he witnesses this thing go through. You know, it gets its arm ripped off by a shark, and he thinks it's going to oh. die, and then it recovers, and it brings his arm. You didn't see that part. No, I. I... I stopped watching when he was like, they die after a year. And I was like, oh, fuck, I can't handle this movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. So one point, this this uh, one of those fucking pajama sharks. Oh, which is that really oh, fun name. That was insane. It's a really fun name for a very sinister yeah. beast. It's like a nightmare creature. Because these <laughs> things, they once they lock onto your scent, they're on your scent. There is like this chase scene. Oh, it, it literally felt like a chase scene. But this pajama shark was chasing this unnamed octopus. And at one point, it 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 uh, actually went on shore. The octopus went on shore Whoa. and like across land and got back in the water at a different part of the reef. And the shark still found wow. it. So what it ended up doing, well, it it like hid in this little crevasse between these boulders, and the shark uh, ended up grabbing a hold of one of its arms and it ripped its arms right off. Whoa. And the guy filming it, the guy who's supposedly the sh- this octopus's friend, was like, I don't want to be, I didn't want to interfere with nature, so I watched it. I was like, bitch, you interfered with nature by becoming best friends with an octopus, okay? <laughs> so now save your friend. Who cares? At this point, it's not just a random octopus. You got to get in there and save your fucking friend, okay? Because the octopus is looking at him like, what the fuck? I thought we were friends. And now you're not even helping me with this stupid pajama shark. It's ripping my arm off. How big are so the that how big are the pajama sharks? Like, could he have feasibly? They're two feet long. Oh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, oh, two geez. feet long. Right. Yeah, we looked it up. <laughs> uh, he could have he could have shoot it away easily, but he's like, oh, I don't want to interfere with nature. So the fucking octopus gets its arm ripped off, 
and it almost dies. It's like so sad. It's like pale and it like lurches back to its like den. And he's like, I was so, I almost helped it back to its den. I almost helped it. But I didn't because I didn't want to interfere with nature. And then the next fucking day, he goes and he grabs some shellfish and cracks them open for it and leaves it in front of the den for the thing to eat. So it's like you're already interfering in nature just at the wrong fucking times. He was scared of the pissed me shark. off. No, the pajama shark is not something a human, a grown man should be afraid mm. of. They're t- they're they're literally grow max two feet, oh. and they're blind. Oh, so you can't beat the shit out of a fucking blind two foot long shark <laughs> shark that's named after a a fucking comfy garment. <laughs> then you, you need to get your shit together. So, anyways, the thing uh, it grows its arm back. It's a happy moment. And this guy's spending literally every fucking day out there with this octopus. And all I could think of was his neglected wife in the di- in the kitchen doing dishes, trying to take care of like nine kids. Oh my god! Looking out at the ocean, <laughs> seeing what his is flippers what is this guy, okay. around out there. This guy's there. an ass. This guy's a piece of shit. He just doesn't want to deal <laughs> with his life. He spends, <laughs> he spends all day out there with that bitch. That's eat like a bitch. <laughs> Like he's literally like he's more in love with this shark than he is with his own family. It was uh, this octopus than he is with his own oh family. It was bizarre. Like that's so strange. It started. It started creeping out my girlfriend when we were watching it. She's like, "This guy is starting to give me like the creeps about this octopus." Mm. Like, I think he's about to get like a fucking eight legged hand uh. job. Or eight legged. <laughs> it's not a hand job at that point. It's just a, Ten- I don't even know what you would call that. Porn is a thing. Tentacle, yeah. There was about to be some legit tentacle born. But, okay, so the end, I'm just spoiling the whole fucking okay. thing because I thought it was fascinating. At the end, the, sh- the pajama shark comes back, right? Uh, it uh, It's now had a, the, the octopus has its leg fully, fully regenerated or whatever. And then the pajama shark comes back and there's another chase. But this time, the octopus does his shell armor whoa activate shell armor covers itself (laughs) yeah like fucking iron man dude it was nuts and it like grabs all these seashells around it on its suckers and makes a dome of shells around it like literally putting on armor and the shark grabs it and start but it can't really it shakes it around but it can't get grab onto like a actual like leg or anything so it can't like rip it like like do its roll and rip it off so this thing's fucking shaking it around Again, our buddy, homie, that's supposedly best friends who's got like a fucking literally a hard on for this octopus <laughs> refuses to intervene, even though he already did a bunch of times. So it's like, I don't fucking know what the hell. It pissed me off. So this, the shark's ripping it around and then there's like a big like fucking plume of dust and it's and, 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 and octopus, whatever the ink or shit, it squirts, squirts out. There's a big fuffle and the camera pans back. And now the fucking octopus had attached itself on the back of the shark. So the shark can't get it. What? And the shark's just swimming around trying to get it. It can't. And eventually the shark gets tired out and just starts like swimming around normally with this thing attached to its back, this octopus. And then it like comes to a part where it's like the shark was going to go under this rock. And then at that moment, the, the octopus just like lets go and like and like slowly fucking just goes away and that's how it survived wow. it was quite quite the thing that's really impressive and 
It was, yeah. I mean, I was rooting for this fucking octopus, which I, I think he, I don't even think he named it. At that point, I would have named it. I mean, you're already like crying about it. He's literally coming to tears over things about this octopus losing his arm and shit. I mean, if you're willing to cry and hang out with something for hundreds of days in a row, neglecting your family and your kids, you should at least give it a goddamn name. That's my opinion. Bill. And in the end, the octopus, um, it. He comes one day and there's a male octopus next to her and they did some fucking, there was some porn, there was some tentacle porn. Uh And, uh, I guess I didn't know this about octopus either, but once the eggs are laying and the mom is like sitting on top of it, she will match the timing perfectly to die right when they're hatching. What? So the, the, the last scene of the documentary is, the octopus is not dead completely, but it's like so tired that it's immobile. Mm-hmm. So she's still alive and it kind of drifts out of its cover, out of its den. And you just see a bunch of scavenger fish start ripping it apart Whoa. while it's still alive. And then at the very end, guess who comes back? The fucking pajama shark grabs it and swims off into the murky ocean with her. And that's like the whole, like the end of it. Wow. And uh, so at the end, yeah. And the guys. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So the guy, yeah, he's just the last shot of it is like, you know, you see the shark taking it, her out into the murky depths. And that's the end. That's the end of that octopus's life. Wow. And then (laughs) the guy in the documentary who's so in love with it, he finally remembers he has a fucking family and a wife at home and he brings his son out diving with him and they find a baby octopus that would be the right time, the right size considering the time that it could have been her offspring. And that's kind of like the positive note they leave it on. Hmm. But what I got from it was fucking octopus are, it's crazy because like when you think intelligent animals, you think mammals for the most part, Mm -hmm. mammalian, but an octopus is like pretty much a fucking mollusk, right? It's not like that. Is that branch that branch of evolution is not known? It's not known for its intelligence, right? But for whatever reason, uh, cuttlefish, Cuttlefish, squid, and octopus are like little genius aliens. Yeah, and we are alien to them. It's quite we are alien to them. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, I I think in the sequel, my my octopus teacher too, the octopus is going to come and live in his house with him. And, uh, and his children are just gonna start his, dying. Yeah, and he's gonna yeah he's gonna berate him for not acknowledging his marriage. <laughs> his kids they're gonna come home. His kids are gonna have like like soccer marks all around their throat, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, yeah. octopus attacked my kid!" It's like he provoked it. You wouldn't hurt a thing, yeah. would you, Bill? Just stroking it. <laughs> That'd be a good horror movie. Okay, oh, I just want to uh, before we wrap up. Or maybe to wrap up, I would just like to read a quote, and this is from Wikipedia. And it's specifically from the entry uh, called Ring a Ring a Rosie. And uh, this is the quote uh, Ring Around the Rosie is an English nursery rhyme or folk song and playground singing game. That's all I have to say. Playground what? Playground singing game. It's a singing game. A singing singing game. game. (laughs) It's not a fucking game. Where'd you read that? Where was that? <laughs> CNN News? Was that CNN? You, li- you <laughs> fucking <CNN>. liberal. 
Okay, well, it's a Russian. Uh, that's game. it for the podcast. <laughs> we know that we know that uh, Sam is a uh, a shill <laughs> for the extreme left. Yeah, who want to make everything into a game, but they don't want to give anyone ribbons or win or lose. So. <laughs> Whatever, man. That's true. Hey, eh? that's pretty true. That's a good characterization of it. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Okay, that's our episode. Woo. Y'all have a good goddamn night. Goodbye.